and welcome to the inaugural Sheffield Gaming Podcast, a show that is designed to bring together all those who play, work and love games in this lovely city of ours. Uh, every month we will be letting you know about all of the gaming events and goings on in the city, as well as offering a bit of an inside track and a look at some of your favourite gaming places in Sheffield. From the National Video Game Museum to Treehouse Board Game Cafe to Extra Life Gaming Lounge to Meltdown Esports Bar and hopefully loads, loads more as we continue to grow. Uh, my name is Connor Clark. I'm from the National Video Game Museum and today I am joined by... Uh, Matt Turner from Treehouse Board Game Cafe. Hello. Mike Berman from Extra Life Gaming Lounge. Kitty Turner, also from National Video Game Museum. Ace, thank you all for joining me today. Uh, how are we all? Doing very well, thank All you. All right, yeah, 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 pretty good. Excited to get this thing kicked off. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it should be really exciting. And like I said, this is the first one. Uh, hopefully it kind of grows into something. Um, first off, though, I want to kind of talk about what upcoming events we have in Sheffield. Uh, first thing, actually, I want to ask you about Kitty, because uh, mm -hmm. it is the geek, geek, Geeky Craft Market. Yeah, so the Geeky Craft Market uh, is a collection of local makers, all who make things relating to geeky stuff, video games being one part of that, but mm -hmm. also, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, computers, mm -hmm. well, anything geeky like that. Um, so this is going to be the second market, and it's going to be on the 1st of February. Mm -hmm. So not this Saturday, the Saturday afterwards. It's free entry. Um, it's going to be a cross-venue market, so it's ha happening at... Extra Life Gaming Lounge and um, Meltdown Gaming Bar. Mm -hmm. So you can pop it your head into both, check out uh, the storeholders at each one, and we look forward to seeing people there. Ace, ace. I mean, well, how, how did this kind of market come back? Because you've organized it, is that right? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was an idea I had sort of last year, I guess, mm -hmm. because I, I make pixel art with hammer beads myself. Okay. And um, for a while, I sold these at a regular monthly gaming night in Sheffield. Um, I don't know if anybody has heard of or remembers Game Over, but um, when that ceased to be a monthly thing to do with video games, I believe they now do a, uh, a monthly thing to do with board games, mm -hmm. um, I was just sort of looking for somewhere to to sell my stuff and... Play your trade. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, just, uh, I just got the idea of finding other people who want to do the same and get them all together. Um, turns out that there's actually quite a lot of people who do that kind of stuff and mm -hmm. they do struggle to sell such niche stuff at regular craft markets. Yep. Um, and it's just really nice seeing all the kinds of things people, people have made. Um, last time we had some people with a... Jewelry made from upcycled computer parts. Oh, I've seen that That's stuff before. It looks really rad. good. Yeah, some um, there was some really cool like crochet stuff. Uh, this lady had made this epic Tetris blanket uh, of crochet stuff. Um, illustrators, uh, 3D printing stuff. There's mm. all sorts of things going on. I'm really looking forward to this one because it's going to be bigger than the last one. We're going to have yep. two venues instead of just one. Yes. Um, and we've got some uh, repeat storeholders. Uh, most of them are, are, are new, fresh to the uh, to the market. And yeah, really looking forward to it. Yeah, you said two, two venues. Like Mike, you, you're involved now? Yes, right? yes. We'll uh, be hosting a few of those stalls at Extra Life Gaming Lounge, uh, nice. which we're really looking forward to because it'll be the first kind of thing like that we've done since opening. Yeah. Uh, so obviously, with us, we've been open about seven months now, and this will be the first kind of geeky craft fair type thing that will be going off. Uh, one of the big things is it also also raises money for charity, which is a, a huge bonus for that. I think. Yes, that's right. Is that a, is special effect? I believe it raises it raises money for as well. Yeah. Right? So special effect is uh, is a charity that builds uh, custom sort of gaming hardware mm -hmm. um, for people with uh, disabilities or, or any other kind of like difficulty that, that would uh, prevent them from being able to use standardized controllers, uh, that kind of thing, um, and when when I was thinking about putting this market together, special effect just seems like the perfect fit, really. The, the obvious choice if we were going to make it a fundraiser. Yeah. And, um, and they've been really positive. They've been really on board. Um, yeah. Awesome. Really cool. Awesome. So 
I think there's a, is, is, is it right? There's also there's a theme for this one because it's, it's February. Uh, there's some events coming up in the year, so th this one's themed, right? Um, so this is uh, the two-player edition. Two um, so it's while it is in February, it's not strictly a Valentine's event, as it were. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but uh, I suspect there may be some couples uh, poking around for uh, for presents, possibly. Mm -hmm. um, but also the fact that um, it's it's both extra life and meltdown. It's it's a mm -hmm. it's a nice opportunity to sort of like share each individual community within those venues and introduce them to each other. Mm. Um, we're really hoping that the people who are quite familiar with Extra Life will just ch go check out Meltdown and vice versa. It's almost like community matchmaking. Yeah, actually, yes. it, it, it's <laughs> nice to be actually working with uh, Meltdown on something because it's something that we've uh, discussed several times now but have never been able to quite iron out any details of how yeah. we can work together on something. So it's good to be doing that, that kind of... Uh, say cross-promotion but uh cooperation between yeah. both sides as well i'm i'm excited to just get all that stuff in one place one of the best parts about going to to you know mcm and comic cons and all sorts of conventions is the fact that you get to uh browse stalls where like almost nothing you go past isn't going to be of interest to you yes. um whereas you know you can you can go through all sorts of markets and and have to, and be like all right i yeah, no, I don't want to buy another T-shirt with a skull on it. I've got <laughs> enough of those. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'm really excited to sort of, like, you know, poke around and just, uh, and just have, all, have that experience without, you know, having to, to, to travel and yeah. go to a convention and have all that sort of scenario play out where I'm, I'm, I'm stressed because I've got to figure out my itinerary for the weekend. I don't, is, this just, is this just me? No. Is this, this how, just how I do MCM or, or the Comic Cons and stuff? I'm, a, I'm exactly the same. I've <laughs> been doing the uh, MCM Comic Cons for about nine years now. And the first time I took my partner with me, I was like, right, well, this is the, this is the plan. We're going here, here, here. <laughs> These talks are there and there. She's like, is it really that strict? I was like, yes, we're not missing any of this. <laughs> I need to see all the information. Every time an actor says, well, it was just really, really great to work with him. Um, like every single time an actor <laughs> says that, then we need to, we need to be there. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think, I think I'm the opposite. I think I just wander around looking for the smallest cube. Oh, that's fair. In <laughs> fact, in fact, that's that's how I first played Halo Four. Uh, <laughs> yeah, see, oh, I mean, the, the first stop for me with any convention is right. Let me get the schedule. I need to know what's going on and when, and then mm -hmm. I can write down my plan each day. Yeah, that's yeah. that's fair. The, this, yeah, it, it, it's really handy. But importantly, like the whole, you know, going past a bunch of illustrators and that yeah. sort of thing, it's like the bread and butter of that experience. Oh, yeah. And I think I think the the, the market's gonna. Hopefully, I don't know, I haven't been to one before, so I'm really excited for this one. Mm. Um, uh, hopefully bring out that same, um, you know, situation where I, I spend more money than I intended, but I'm really, I, I, I end up with everything I, I could have dreamt of. I, is there anything you're looking for for a player two? Does anyone have a player two in mind that they might want to pick something up for? Possibly, but I don't <laughs> want to say anything in case he's listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tough, isn't it? Like um, those those like especially like physical objects and stuff. Mm. I mean, uh, I don't I don't know what to expect. I think part of the reason you you, you go somewhere rather than just going online is to is to be kind of have that browsing experience. Um, uh, I I think the best presents I've ever received are always like the the kind of the the personal ones. Yeah. Or things like um, that you know. You've been going on about something, and then someone gets you art from it, or illustration, or, yeah. or that sort of thing. Um, uh, you said there were three D printers as well. Um, one of our storeholders does do three D printed um, stuff, uh, so that's, that's, that, that's that should be quite interesting. So awesome! It might be able to make you like a custom something, perhaps. I don't know that. Like uh, that would be awesome. My my uh, my go to present for 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 friends is um, either. Commissioning art, or uh, yeah, yeah. or um, getting custom miniatures for D and D characters. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, like making actually making someone but three D and only an inch tall. Yes, exactly. Oh, um, <laughs> the um, the fun, like I don't know, the fun of that is if you, if you, if it's for the for their D and D character, then um, you know you wouldn't buy it for yourself because of course. Um, that character might die tomorrow, um, <laughs> but uh, it, as a present, it'll it, it goes a long way because then you've got that little souvenir forever. Ace. 
call and I said oh, Avatar it's really I mean I, so I, I always do like to play maybe maybe it's kind of a bit of a stereotype but I do actually like to buy my partner video games I like to play kind of video games together as well um, yeah. recently actually we played through it's not a co-op game but we played through Telling Lies which is a uh, it's like this SM, uh, FMV video game yes is that yeah is that the same people as her story? Or yes. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's those same people, and it's it's like it's not a cooperative game, but it's 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 just one that you can kind of sit on like the, the sofa and kind of play through it because you have to like search. You get a load of videos, and you have to like search through the videos to find key phrases or something to try and unravel this mystery that's happening. Um, and it's such a brilliant game to kind of play. With, with nice to pick that apart and then analyze it together mm. and sort of cross-reference your experiences. Mm. I love mm. the fact that FMV games are now coming back in because I was a huge fan of them in the 90s. <laughs> yeah. like the, the really cheesy nav stuff like yeah. Night Trap yeah, and, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, my and Command and Conquer and stuff like that. Oh, the Commander and Conquer ones are fantastic. Oh. Yeah, though, you've never seen forget Tim Curry. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I can't even remember the quote. All I remember is going, in space. Yeah. Um, I'm going to the one place that capitalism yes, hasn't corrupted. That's the one. Space. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, uh, I've, uh, my uh, favourite like, two-player co-op game yeah. has to be the Divinity series, the yes. original Sin. Yeah. Um, they are so amazing to play co-op because essentially you can just kind of go off and do what you want. Yep. Um, and as long as you're in the same, same sort of area and you can really just... Um, what, you can end up in a situation where one of you has pro progressed the story and one of you has essentially been messing about creating fish stew. Um, <laughs> and that you get back and you're like, what, wh wh why are these, um, how have these, um, uh, how have these like world-changing events transpired since I, I started making this fish stew? And actually, um, the, the best thing about it is it, like convinces you that you've got to communicate what you're doing yeah, uh, bet yeah. between the two of you or, or more I think you go up to four um, which I can't imagine because oh, it's such a chaotic game yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no I've, I've really enjoyed that I mean I love kind of uh, CRPGs and, mm -hmm. and that sort mm -hmm. of thing um, really looking forward to um, uh, next Baldur's Gate which is the same guy as Larian mm -hmm. um, I hope they keep the split screen option. As yes. Well. The fact that this all works via split screen as well, local corporate clock is, is amazing. Makes it really accessible to consoles as well. Like we're mm. we're playing um, land up on on PC, yeah. but um, uh, yeah, like uh, it, the fact that you're able to do it on console, mm. have that kind of CRPG experience, and really explore that is really 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 great. Nice, nice. So I uh, think I'm probably the same as you, Connor. Yep. Because. Um, uh, my favourite games are the Telltale series. Mm -hmm, um, so mm -hmm. me and the boyfriend will uh, sit there and whenever we, we, whenever we get a new one, whoever didn't play the last one first gets to play it first while the other person watches, yeah. you know, for, for spoilers and, and whatnot. Um, and it is so interesting seeing how somebody else plays the game, the decisions they make and what have you, because obviously it uh, has an impact on relationships with the characters mm, yeah. and what happens, and, and that, that, that is a lot of fun, um, normally. Psychoanalyzing yeah. them, saying, really? Would yeah. them Why <laughs> would you do that? <laughs> yeah, no, that I, it was very eye-opening watching him play um, The Wolf Among Us, which, yep. is, which yes. is one of the darker ones. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a little part of me just like, <gasps> I can't believe, why would you? Oh, yeah, no, it's, it's so much fun, though. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's a um, great experience, though. I'm yeah. sure he will remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. Nice the, touch. The timer's on those decisions, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't debate between you. You can't like really co-op that game. It has to be one person in the driving seat because otherwise you end up doing nothing for the whole game. I, I've, I've done, I've played the game like that, and I panic. So I'm sat there with my partner, and like a timer will come up, like go left or go right, and I'm like, tell me what to do. What do I do? And I'm the one holding the controller. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but I won't make a move until they tell me what I need to do because I don't want that guilt of making yeah. the wrong decision. <laughs> The, the Telltale Tale Game of Thrones, I was, I was very much a silent protagonist on, in that because <laughs> I could never decide what to do before, uh, before Peter Dinklage told me off. <laughs> so I made the mistake. Well, not the mistake, but I thought, you know what, uh, don't get much time to play video games now, so when I get home from work, got a spare hour or so, I'll, I'll play um, The Wolf Among Us. Oh, nice, chilled out. You know, <laughs> you know, sit back. You know. yeah. yeah, nice and chill. 
And then <laughs> I tend to have this issue in all of it when you get the, the prompts come up to hit such and such a button quick. All of a sudden, I forget the complete layout of a pad. It can be completely yeah. fine up mm-hmm. until then mm-hmm. until it tells me, right, press this button. Where's that button gone? Where's it gone? Where's A gone? I'm on PS4. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, so uh, on the same day, so this, this market is on the, the 1st of February. Uh, on the same day at Meltdown, there is actually another event going on, which is the Steel City Chiptune gig, yeah. uh, which is a chiptune gig, which is super cool and exciting. Uh, Kitty, you went across to the, to the last one. Is that right? Yes, yes. What, what was it like? Uh Harley, who has arranged the um, the gig, always puts on amazing gigs. Yeah, he's uh, he just he finds these people all over the place, and when yeah. he sticks them all in one place, it's just absolutely mind blowing. Because mm-hmm. obviously, it's all chip tune, but it also all sounds so different. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's some really cool. Uh, uh, um, artists there. Um, I'm, I've I've not actually heard of the uh, the people um, who are playing this one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. I've already bought my ticket. I bought my ticket for my boyfriend. But I've already bought my ticket and the one for my boyfriend as well because I know we are both just going to love it. Yeah. Um, we'll be there up at the front. Um, it uh, it's it's interesting because. You can sort of hear lots of different sort of genre inspirations. Like you can't just say like, "Oh, it's chip tune. What is that? Is that going to be like drum and bass or something?" It's yeah. just like it's not quite as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there really is like some really uh, interesting and, and quite novel mm-hmm. musical ideas just within that genre itself. Um, so yeah, uh, absolutely brilliant. Can't wait for can't wait for it. Yeah. It's going to be a long day for me, but that doesn't even matter. I will be there. Straight from the market, straight into that. Pretty um, much. <laughs> for those that run away, chiptune is um, it's essentially music made using a, uh, a video game sound chip from various consoles. So often these are Game Boys, and they make Game Boy music. So it sounds like the music you'd have when you were playing your Game Boy games. Um, but I've uh, I had a look at the quick look at the running order or, or what's going to be going on on, on, the, on the Steel City chiptune gig, and they've actually got a couple of guys making it from the Mega Drive as well. Oh, making that Mega Drive amazing. Yeah, I, had, I did have a quick listen, uh, and it's like it's like the Sonic the Hedgehog soundtrack you never had, oh, but, that's but great. even better. Brilliant. Um, so it's really really cool. They managed to make that pretty pretty good with um, Sonic Mania. Yeah, uh, the, the, those new tracks uh, that they made that are just like brand new things that just sounded oh, the soundtrack almost like, like yeah. almost mm. like those zones but just you know like uh, uh, just fit in perfectly the Mega Drive had a fantastic sound chip yeah like it was uh, it was incredible um, I was listening to the the Mega Drive version of the the gods you know by um, yeah. uh, mm. uh, Into the Wonderful uh, is the is the name of the track mm-hmm. by um what were they called? Uh, Bitmap Brothers. Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I, in fact, I think we spoke about this last time we spoke. Yes. Um, uh, but yeah, that like whole whole thing. The the Amiga had this one version of it which had all these like samples in, and then they condensed it into this in, into this Mega Drive uh, version. And it's just this whole brand new level of instrumentation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's I think that's that's the best thing you can get out of it. Well. One of the b- best feelings from chip, chip tune is that it's not even like just a genre. It isn't like like you were saying, Katie. Mm. It's not just a genre. It's it's a, a whole new tier of instrumentation. Yeah. Like it's it's as much a genre as um, uh, guitar music. Exactly. It, yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Mm. Like uh, pianos. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it very much kind of like um, just because something has I don't know a violin and and, and a piano. And a guitar, you might be like, "Well, that's folk. Those are those three. Those are those three <laughs> instruments." Same thing with 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 chip tune. I think it's 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 really interesting the range you can find on the, yeah, yeah. that sort of stuff. I think it's brilliant how you you're taking these this technology, which is what knocking on 30, 40 years old now, yeah. and finding new uses for it. Something yeah. which I mean, granted, with being a retro collector, you're always going for like the old stuff and just reusing it for that original purpose. But to find a really cool way to repurpose it as well, mm. it's really cool. I mean, they used to say as well that you know those 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 kind of those that era of video game soundtracks were the most iconic as yeah. well, and they're the ones that you can kind of still go back to now. Um, I'm I'm not fully sure that's the case now though, because I've been playing a load of like you know more contemporary games that have some wicked soundtracks. It does um, depend, doesn't it? I think I think for a little while, um, film did the same thing, which is yeah. to say, uh, 
went away from theme. Yeah. Um, uh, and then, like, it started to come back with things like Lord of the Rings, where, um, you know, you've got, like, the Shire theme and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Same thing happened with, um, with games, where, aside from, like, standout things like, you know, Halo and things like that, where you can, you, you, you hear the, na- the name and immediately you're humming the tune in your head, yeah. um, there are, like, um, you, you, you go back as far as, you know, N64, and you've got, like, you know, your, your, your Banjo-Kazooies have, the, have, like, these very iconic soundtracks because the, the carts had these very specific uh, restrictions on how much, uh, how much information you could put on there. Um, and then, uh, like, Skipper, you know, we, we got into this sort of, like, okay, we're all going onto, onto DVDs, Mm-hmm. And now we can put full orchestral soundtracks on. We'll just sound like movies, and 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 there's not a lot of definition there. You can't really remember, let's say, what uh, God of War One sounded like. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was definitely that kind of. I think it was that kind of PlayStation Two era as well, when suddenly mm-hmm. it was like, okay, video games are kind of big business now, big money, and they can get like big composers in. I remember Metal Gear Solid Two got kind of uh, Harry Gregson Williams in to do the soundtrack, and that soundtrack's fantastic. I love mm. it. But it's very much a film soundtrack. Yes. It's just kind of, you know, well, it's Hideo Kojima. He does films. <laughs> Absolutely. Obviously, some people will argue Metal Gear Solid 2 isn't. <laughs> not really a game. Um, but, right. like, yeah, the, it was the, I think it was the PS1 was like the last kind of bastion of really good kind of. Like, kind of even then, you, you started seeing things like the, uh, the, the Prodigy doing soundtracks or things like Wipeout and stuff yeah, like that, music yeah, exactly. and stuff yes, like that, which was. Yeah. Oh, man. That was cool. I haven't listened to that in a while. I'm probably going to have to go back and listen to that now. Um, <laughs> um, but now recently, like especially with the indie explosion and all that sort of stuff, it's it's um, it, we've really started to come back to a, a position where, where soundtracks are becoming very, very important to the heart of, of games. Um, in fact, uh, uh, I, was, I was playing um, uh, Watam uh, yeah. Yeah, with my partner, actually, um, uh, and that has... Very much like um, uh, like its spiritual predecessor, uh, Kata- the Katamari series, has um, a, a, a beating heart of a soundtrack. You know, it's is very much you know there's a, there's a song at its core, and then everything else sort of like orbits out, and you can really feel the the soul of that that game. Um, uh, but the whole thing, you can't stop yourself grinning. Just like <laughs> just, joy. There's just pure childlike joy in, yeah. in, in your heart, no matter when, when you are, because it's just this, um, this kind of like, someone's constantly humming a happy little tune, or just like, there's, and you just, there are so few games that I feel like have, um, have, have, have like, that really maintain that innocence and that joy to mm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, uh, I, like, I think you are right, though, that that's starting to come back in now. Definitely. I, play, I, I finished, actually I finished it last night, I finished Celeste, the, uh, yes. the, the platformer, the 2D hard-as-nails platformer mm. uh, that you have to climb, climb a mountain, and that's the, the soundtrack to that is spectacular, um, and very chiptune kind of inspired, I feel, as well. Um, definitely kind of worth a listen to. Hey, before we move on, I do just want to give a big thank you to Harley, who is organising this DLC chiptune gig. He's also uh, provided the music for our intro and outro for this podcast, and it is amazing. And probably a nice, slight little teaser as to what to expect on that evening. Uh, so the next event I wanted to chat about with everyone uh, is actually happening on the 8th and 9th of February, the week afterwards. And it's, the, it's actually a global event uh, with some kind of offshoots happening here in Sheffield. It's the Global Game Jam. Has anybody come across this before, the Global Game Jam? I'll be honest, I haven't. I've come across game jams before, the concept of them. Yes. Um, but yeah. uh, but uh, not, uh, not this specific one. So this one, is, it's, it's, it's kind of, I think it has like 50,000 people that kind of take part in this game jam, game jam all across the world. Holy uh, moly. Yeah, so a game jam is uh, essentially uh, a group of people get together and over 48 hours, they are given a theme and over 48 hours, they have to create a game in 48 hours. And uh, often those are video games, but they don't have to be. They can be board games, they can be card games, uh, they can be kind of anything you want to make really uh, all inspired by this theme and you can do it on your own you can do it as a group so uh, i do know that there are two events happening in the city um over at sheffield hallam university tom batty is uh running one of these events he's got i think already about 40 people are going to go along to it it is also open as well so if anybody's in sheffield and thinking 
oh, I want to create a game. Uh, you can just kind of, you know, go over a contact Tom, uh, send him an email, say, oh, my kids come along, and you are. Um, uh, and there's also one happening over at the Hillsborough campus of Sheffield College as well. Um, one really exciting thing that I'm uh, quite excited about is that once they make this game on the 8th and 9th of February, we've actually invited some of them, if they want to, to exhibit the game the week afterwards at the National Video Game Museum, nice. which would be really cool, like, you know, seeing these in progress, kind of small scale kind of games, but they've got some really fascinating ideas in them. Uh, and it's just, it's really nice to showcase Sheffield games as well. Yeah, definitely. Mm, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, th that's like, that's really cool. I, I love the idea that it's, it's open and accessible. Yeah. Um, I, I heartily encourage anyone who has no, like, um, or, or little uh, experience making mm. games um, to try your hand at making a board game. I know I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be sticking up here for the... Uh, um, uh, for kind of like the, the, the board game part, uh, given as I do, um, uh, being, being of course, Matt from the Treehouse Board yes. Game Cafe, <laughs> my, my full name. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's easier to, um, uh, like, it, not that making board games is easier, the game design aspect of that, mm -hmm. though, is transferable. And I think one yeah. of the great things about Game Jams is that it shows just how transferable and, and uh, a, a specific a skill um, game design is uh, outside of like, uh, the trappings of um, like, technology. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, the idea of empathizing with a player's uh, perspective of how, how something's going to unfold, uh, understanding the decisions that they're going to make and in what order mm -hmm. um, is something that transfers. So, like, um, I don't know much about the video game, uh, like, getting into the video game industry. Yeah. I'm not your guy for that. But what I do know is that, like, making board games is accessible and your first yeah. one might not be uh, like um, uh, amazing but the, the the best thing about game jams is that that's the point mm. um, is that you have 48 hours the barrier to entry is very low the expectation is also very low mm. um, and so if you just do it you'll you'll not regret actually putting in and, uh, and then kind of working creatively with that medium yeah, yeah and I imagine like you're saying mate, obviously you've got the the, the analog part of it or the, the creating your own board game sort of thing initially would probably seem a lot less daunting than like with other game jams where yeah. specifically just at digital games you think well where would I even begin with that I exactly know. yeah yeah what, what do I use sort of thing whereas I imagine that's like I said a lot less daunting a lot more accessible get yourself some pens mm. some sharpies some uh, cardboard and some, and scissors. some scissors and, yeah. and you can start um, and uh, that is that's amazing to me is that like you know games don't have to be um, you know, we, we talk that there are so many associated disciplines with, with um, video games. There's, you know, uh, sound, uh, kind of sound ed editing, sound design. There's, uh, like, obviously the, the, the stuff we always automatically think of, which is graphics, right? Yeah. Um, but, like, there are the reason that video game credits take so long is that um, there are, like, hundreds, if not thousands, of people involved in the creation of them. Mm. Um, all of whom have their own specific discipline. Mm. Um, and uh, like, those are things you can learn and, and, and start to, to work towards. But you know, you, you've got to take the first step somewhere and one of those things should be a, a greater awareness of just how, how games flow. And mm -hmm. I, I, I can't think of a better place to do that in my opinion than, than board games, than, than analog gaming, uh, than literally, you know, picking something up and moving something elsewhere and your decision as to where that where you move that thing being the the first step that you would take on 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 on, on, on making a game um so do the thing yeah is what absolutely. i'm saying do the thing, <laughs> do the thing. It's, it's it's also like it's got a really open vibe to it the, the, this global game jam and it's just kind of like come in and you know you might be able to if you, even if you don't make a game yourself you might help someone out or join a team of people it's a fully like creative uh thing which is just really exciting it's not a competition in any way and like if you want to exhibit your game afterwards or kind of show your game you can put it on their website everyone can play them you've got like an audience of thousands there that can come and play your game uh, your little game that you made in 48 hours as well that's so it's, cool it is yeah. What's what, what I say is probably the most terrifying thing about it, though, is that it's a themed thing, and there is always a theme every year about yeah. what the game should be about. So partly to act, uh, act as a creative uh, kind of instigator, um, 
but they don't tell you the theme until the second it starts. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, a blank canvas is the death of like creativity, right? Like you, you, you need to be focused in yeah. on something, yeah, yeah. right? Which of course that, that's great. Um, because you know, if someone just says paint a picture, you're like, oh, you'll spend eight hours trying to figure out, um, exactly what, uh, what it is you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Whereas if someone says paint a picture of a dog, you can start immediately. <laughs> um, and, and the same, I think will be true of this, although yeah. not knowing until then, you know, you rock up, you, you turn up and you're like, okay, I'm ready to do this. And then they say, well, the, um, the theme is, uh, post-colonialism. <laughs> uh, and you're like, oh, I've got to look that up. Uh, I really don't think that's going to be the theme. Uh, it's not the first 36 hours reading. Yeah. <laughs> I've got an idea. <laughs> but uh, uh, honestly, um, uh, I, honest, honestly, Connor, if you're if you're planning on doing this, um, I, I, I think um, uh, it's not going to be post-colonialism. But <laughs> probably not. No. I think it's probably going to be a little more accessible than that. Previous ones, I think they've had waves. Uh, or, or ritual was was a theme. Oh, that's right. So yeah, there's a couple of really. I've, I've played a couple of those as well. Some of those games made from ritual, and they're really fun. Um, often kind of like quite small experiences as well. So if you want like a five minute game to play on your lunch break, do that. Mm, nice. nice. Yeah, like the idea of making you know two to three decisions, just trying it, trying out as yeah. almost like a toy, and yeah. then and then going, I've had this experience, and that, that was made for me in 48 hours by some super talented people. Yeah. Uh, so cool. The ability to showcase some of Sheffield's actual talent mm. in Sheffield as well, I think, is a really cool thing to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it's happening all across the world. We kind of we want to showcase, you know, Sheffield, what's yeah. made in these kind of in these kind of city boundaries, which is great. Uh, do you have? Does anyone have a favourite Sheffield game? A game that was made in Sheffield, right here. I have. To suppose I have to say, Outrun. Outrun, coast to coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously, Sumo Digital created yeah. the, uh, the, the, I think, the Xbox port for, yeah. for, for Outrun, didn't they? That one too. That was it. Yeah. We, we did a, a a recent competition on that one as well, which I think you were gutted you couldn't get to Connor at I that was, point. I was, I was. I love that game. Outrun 2006 is just, it's, it's so, it's still so good now. It's like it's, it's got. I think it's gotten better since it got released. It's one of those games that it's, it's simplicity. It's just yeah. perfect. And the brilliant thing in all is we were. I don't know, we were running it on multiple machines at the CAF, so we, we had the Outrun soundtrack running all over, <laughs> all over <laughs> the so CAF cool. that night. It was brilliant. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, Sumo is such a such a, a massive kind of uh, uh, monolith on the Sheffield gaming landscape. Mm, yeah. I mean, like I I spent you know weeks playing um, Team Sonic Racing mm-hmm. um, just because it's like it, it it it's so endearing. Mm. Like the whole the whole thing like. You really, Sumo have this way of making games that you wouldn't expect to be to have been made in Sheffield. It's just yeah. that they they are a part of the AAA industry, like um, you know the, the, those high budget games yeah. um, that like you look around Sheffield and, and and a lot of the perception of Sheffield is is that like that something like that wouldn't have come from Sheffield. Yeah, totally. But uh, there it is, right? And I think that's kind of part of what we're trying to do here yeah. is to say like by the way there's this like secret undercurrent <laughs> of really really huge amount of talent in Sheffield and um, uh, people should be paying attention to that yeah it's underground we're not letting you know about it it's bad marketing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I remember I, I um, posted one about Hogs of War I posted that yes. on, the, uh, the, on, on the National Video Game Museum kind of social channels saying like oh it's, you know, it's a great Sheffield game it's Hogs of War Nobody could believe that was from Sheffield. Like, yeah. Oh my god, I love that game. I remember growing up with that game. Um, and it had Craig Charles in it. It had Rick Mail. Rick, Rick Mail. Yeah. Rick Mail. Yeah, he, he, he was the voices. Uh, he did a lot of the voices for that game. And it, it had a lot of his humour because of it. Uh, and it was already, because it, it, was, it, was, it was very much like a, a Worms like. You know, it was Worms, but yes. it was 3D. Uh, but because they brought Rick Mail in, it just had that extra edge. <laughs> like worms, worms is a funny game. I like worms. Yeah, uh, but Hogs of War was yeah slightly more closer to the bone, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little it had that 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 edge that you wanted in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think mine would have to be Gang Beasts. Yeah, okay. yes. that is, that is a I think game. mainly because um, it's quite simple. Yeah. And its mechanics. Um, we, we have it in the National Video Game Museum. I really, really like seeing 
how excited the, ki- the kids get when, when they see that it's there. Yeah. I really like seeing adults who have never picked up a game before be able to sit down and play Gang Beasts. Um, and I like the fact that it doesn't look like a lot of the AAA games that people, um, you know, uh, bug their parents for for Christmas presents and stuff like that. It kind of closes the gap between the idea that anyone can make a game and games should always look really shiny and polished and expensive. It's just, it's it's a it's basic mechanic that that anybody can pick up and you, you sort of you get the idea. Um, it's just a super accessible game and it's super fun. Like really fun. It, it looks kind of it, it. It looks clumsy. There, I don't. I don't think anything about it is clumsy. I think it's all highly calculated. But it yeah. looks so, so kind of clumsy. Like oh, what? what are they, is, is this been made in forty-eight hours? No, it's not. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a well-worked game. It looks yeah. clumsy because it like not it, the, the game isn't clumsy, but yeah. the the theme is clumsy. Yeah. Mm. yeah like yeah, yeah. the the idea that you know these these. Creatures. I mean, Gang Beasts. Uh, for those who haven't who haven't uh, played it or seen it played, um, essentially you are in control of basically morph from attack. Yep. Um, uh, yeah, this chubby yeah. morph, uh, and you can control individually the grip of uh, their hands. Uh, and also whether their hands are up or down, uh, kind of like, you know, bending double or kind of uh, lying down or sort of like uh, reaching for the sky and that sort of thing. And your aim is basically to be the last person standing. You, you get a group of friends together, you're in this one arena that has either saw blades or you're on top of a truck that's going at high speed down a freeway. Um, and essentially all you're doing is holding onto surfaces and then trying to throw each other off those surfaces. And yeah, that's definitely of. the fun of just sort of wobbling around a sort of unstable environment yes. trying to throw each other around trying not to get thrown off yourself it's uh it can get a bit mad <laughs> yeah, but i think i've heard it come or described as if john Woo made a video game with animated jelly babies <laughs> um, yes absolutely i just want some slow motion effects in yeah. it now when you're kind of <laughs> just clumsily kind of trying to headbutt someone off of the side of a building um I've heard it. I've heard it referred to as Battle Quop. Battle Quop. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Quop, the old, the old Flash yes. game where yeah. you you used to Bennett control. Body. Yeah, Bennett Body. Oh my goodness! Mm. I forgot he made Getting Over It as well. He did. Yeah. Um, same yeah. yeah. Uh, and Strange Gurp. Mind. Gurp. I haven't played that. What's that about? So Gurp is like Quop. So Quop is this uh, this athletic game where you have to run hundred meters, but you control the knees and the feet and the legs, and you, it's in- impossible. I, I think the furthest I've ever gone is ten meters without falling over. It's called um, Quop because of the keys you use to, yes. to do those controls, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, so GURP was the kind of spiritual sequel to Quop, uh, which is the same, but you're a rock climber and you have to climb using the letters G, I, R, and P, and you have to hold on to certain ones so you don't let go of the rock, whilst then using other ones to reach up to grab hold of them. And it's, oh my God, it's so hard. But that, that's the joy of that game, and actually the joy is failing at it. It's yeah. just yeah. kind of falling from... 10 meters down into the sea. <laughs> so. But I, th- I really do think Gang Beasts did kind of create a, 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 its own little um, cottage industry in that in mm. that way because Gang Beasts sort of came out and it was obviously in early access for quite a while and yeah. had this whole whole process. And then from there you have think games like Human Fall Flat, which is um, basically um, Gang Beasts, but you're trying to uh, traverse... Um, a difficult platforming environment um, and do some physics puzzles with friends um, and uh, all these different games where essentially part of it is this disconnect between what you expect to be able to do with a humanoid avatar in a game and what you can do because you have to control the parts of the the, the, the character that you don't have to think about um, and I think it's like it's pretty inspiring how like you know Gangby sort of um, uh, contributed certainly to that to that like there are so many games that kind of use that a, a similar a similar function to that it's, it's one of those games that's as fun to watch as it is to play mm-hmm. yes well. mm-hmm. yeah like you don't need to be playing to understand how silly it is to watching these blobby chubby morphs <laughs> uh, wander around the boxing ring you guys must have so much fun with games like that like being in in, in an environment where you get to, to watch people play uh, play video games a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. it's really cool yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And watch the kids. Yeah, kids kids adore it. I think it's uh, after the kids been on it for like an hour. There, it's like there are other games in the museum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but that is definitely one that people spend most of the time on. Uh, okay, so uh, what else is going on in Sheffield? Well, um, it's actually slightly out 
uh, of Sheffield, uh, looking kind of broader across Yorkshire. Uh, later on, or on the, between the 5th and 9th of February, there is also the Yorkshire Games Festival is happening uh, over at the Bradford Science and Media Museum. Uh, the festival's been going on a few years now, and it's super successful now, and they get loads of really cool, uh, exciting things are happening. Uh, at the festival this year, uh, Mike Bithell is going to be there. Uh, he made Thomas Was Alone, which is kind of his kind of a standout hit, but he also recently made the John Wick game. Okay. John Wick Heck. That's yeah. really good. Mm. So he's going to be there to talk about the creation of John Wick Heck. John Wick Hex. Uh, Rare are going to be there to talk about Sea of Thieves, which should be fascinating. Nice. Rare is a, uh, a Leicester or Derby-based game development studio as well. Uh, and Team 17 from Wakefield are going to be there to talk about quality assurance testing and QA games. It's all kind of broad range of talks, which is really exciting. Um, but the one I want to talk about, and one I thought was really, really interesting, is there is a talk by the British Esports Association uh, all about the future of British esports and how to get into esports. Um, so what I kind of wanted to ask was, everyone, if you had to pick a game to do as an esports, pick a game to play competitively, what would it be? Uh, Mike, I'll throw <laughs> it over to you. What's, what's the game that you're, you, you'd want to play competitively? Competitively, I would probably say either Halo or a Street Fighter game. Halo or Street Fighter? Yes. Easy to access, but quite difficult to, to master and get good at. W which Halo in particular? Uh, Reach, left to be Reach. my choice. Yeah, it's just come out on PC actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I tried playing that. Played a lot of Halo Three back in the day, mm. uh, and to the point where I was, you know, I was trying to be competitive, um, uh, and um, I got to Halo Reach um, on PC. You know, what uh, fifteen years later mm. or whatever it was, uh, probably a little bit less than that. And um, I'm rubbish. I am <laughs> rubbish at that game. <laughs> It's I mean, so much faster on yeah. PC. I've tried playing it on PC as well, and I was I used to be not bad at Reach. Like I was, I was, I probably wouldn't wouldn't pick that to be my competitive game because I still was, you know, I, I died a lot. But <laughs> I won't PC, claim to be any good so at it whatsoever. Faster. But um, <laughs> it, it's one of those things that when Reach came out, I was uh, there, there was a group of us who would meet up for what we used to call Sunday morning Halo meet yeah. up online sort of thing, and it was meant to be you know, we'd meet up around about eight o'clock and play till. 12 in the afternoon sort of thing as yeah. a little Sunday and it always went on like, from <laughs> 8 in the morning until <laughs> 9, 10 at night it just ended up being a huge Halo Reach marathon oh through all goodness. of it every game oh, mode whatever amazing. we could think of uh, weird weird game modes that we'd find in the, the um, creator modes and stuff like that it was really good fun oh yeah the Forge mode yeah. in Halo games fantastic kind of making yeah. the gameplay in there making the maps oh my goodness that's bringing back like flashbacks to just like huge parts of my life where I just spent time trying to place a girder at a 90 degree angle. Mm, mm. <laughs> I think you, you just like kind of replicated that kind of early morning uh, events at your uh, extra life, haven't you? Uh, uh, similar thing, we do a, a Saturday morning cartoons. Saturday morning uh, cartoons. cartoons. So we, um, being the, the huge nerd I am and being really big into things like Transformers and Thundercats and stuff like that, we, uh, every Saturday morning between 8 and 12, we'll, we'll choose a retro cartoon and run with that. Uh, Does that run until nine o'clock at the evening when you suddenly get really into Transformers? want to see the next it, episode. It, <laughs> it may go over the 12 o'clock mark, but that might be more for my benefit than anyone else <laughs> a lot of the time. Ace. So, uh, Kitty, if you had to pick one game to, uh, be, to play competitively, what would it be? I mean, I wish I could play Telltale games competitively, but I mean, <laughs> Telltale games are uh, the narrative games. You, you click through a story, and uh, it's, it's a non-linear kind of thing, so whichever path you take goes to a different place, um, which doesn't really work. There isn't a win or a lose there. Mm. Um, I, I'd, uh, it sounds boring. I'd probably have to go with Mario Kart. Mm -hmm. I feel like that... I've, I don't consider myself a competitive person at all, mm -hmm. um, but I remember reaching a certain age and somebody said oh do you want to do you want to play some of this and I was like oh I, I don't know I don't know what I'm doing and and uh, and I just I think I, it's because I started getting close to the front I was like oh, oh I could win this and all of a sudden I was just feeling that I want to I want to do I, I want to win so I, I'd probably go for that one it's it's such an accessible it's game a, like yeah, yeah. And yeah I think I've, you know it's one of those few games you can kind of give anyone a controller um, and just say, oh, you just steer left and right, 
Mm. And then, you know, within five minutes, they're like, oh, give me that, where is that, give me that bullet. <laughs> oh, you with that red shell. You know, it's Mario Kart's so good like that. So. As long as you're not playing with, like, one other person who is incredibly, like, either, you need to be reasonably well-matched in terms of um, mm -hmm. uh, ability to, mm -hmm. to enjoy it properly. Because mm. if someone's leaving you in the dust, or if you're leaving someone else in the dust, it doesn't feel like yeah. quite as fun. But, but yeah, I would probably say that one. Yeah. Any of them, actually. Any of the Mario Karts would be yeah. a win for me. That used to be our, uh, my previous employment before I opened up the, the cafe. Um, we all, in my department, we were all in like a, a small office, and every one of us had a switch. So come lunch times, it was just Mario Kart tournaments. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. That's yeah, there, there, were, there was several occasions where we just weren't talking to each other by the end of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> did you have a favourite course? Um, I, I'd probably say Rainbow Road was mine. <gasps> absolutely, Ooh, yes. Absolutely I was about Rainbow to say Road. Rainbow Road is one hundred percent my favourite. I don't mm. know why people don't what like it. What's wrong with you? Like, what? No, no way! way. <laughs> it's, it's no way! I'll, I'll tell you what the dividing factor is here, and that is um, Rainbow Road is the only track in Mario Kart that requires you to use the brake. Uh, so if you, yeah, if, you uh, if you don't like using the brake, then you're gonna hate Rainbow Road. If you like using the brake, then you're gonna love it. Yeah. How, how long did you spend in the Mario 64, um, uh, Mario Kart, Mario Kart 64, um, uh, trying to do that bit where you jump off the, the very start on Rainbow Road? There's this, this, this little stretch. Yeah, and you can end up back jump off the, the edge and it'll, it'll drop you back on the other side like you've done a whole lap. Never pulled it off. Never, Never did it. No, no, yeah, no. no I tried every year. Uh, and so it. many magazines that had screenshots of exactly where the... It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I'm not good enough. My uh, my uh, earliest memories were playing the very first Mario Kart on the Super Nintendo, and my mind being uh, mind being blown when you figured out the secret button combination to shrink your character down on the level <laughs> select screen. I was like, you can do that. <laughs> um, I uh, this is going to sound like a cop out, but right. um, I. I I've never really loved the competitive aspect of, uh, of games. I, okay. I love cooperative games. I love mm -hmm. games where you, you kind of get into teamwork and, and, and that sort of thing, um, which is why I've always been drawn to, like, you know, Dungeons & Dragons and stuff like that, mm -hmm. where you, essentially you're just working together to, to tell a story and that sort of thing. And actually the, the, the kind of, like, that, that, that bonding aspect, that sort of, like, thing is, is what I've always liked. So, like, whatever game I'm having the most fun with, uh, I suppose, is the answer, is the mm -hmm. answer to, like, what I would choose. Mm -hmm. Having said that, The professional and or, or esports aspect of um, games like World of Warcraft yeah. really fascinate mm. me. Um, I've, I've played a few uh, MMOs in my time, and actually, what you find is that it isn't the people who succeed are very rarely the people who kind of like are naturally the best at these things. It's usually the people who have the best coordination mm. as uh, interpersonal coordination. You know, can you organise twenty five people to get to the same place at the same time and, and be there? for um, the, the next, uh, I don't know, uh, 200 hours mm. to, to, to defeat one, one boss. Uh, if you can keep that many people in the same place at the same time uh, for that long, then you have succeeded at the game. You've already won. That's, <laughs> that's my idea of the best game in the world, is, is just trying to... Rounding people up. It's, it's teamwork. <laughs> Try for a, a quick question here then, given yeah. this, we're on about this. What was all of yours first experience with online gaming? Online gaming. Ooh. Interesting. So I remember going to a bowling alley. This isn't necessarily online gaming, it's actually LAN gaming. Yeah. Um, I remember going to a bowling alley playing next. I think my first experience with online gaming was probably Xbox 360. Okay. So we remember Halo 3. Halo 3. Yeah, yeah. I never really got on, I never really jumped on it before then because I just didn't have the hardware. Mm. That's fair enough. I, I, you know, it might be, I, I might be the same, because I think, it might have been Xbox, original mm. Xbox, because uh, I think I, um, I bought Fantasy Star Online um, nice. without having a modem, um, like, how, with, you know, how yeah. I had a router, I, I should say. Um, and uh, I didn't know how Xbox Live worked, and I didn't know how online gaming worked, but I, I, I decided I wanted to play Fantasy Star Online, uh, and, um, you know, I didn't ever play it. I never got to play it because I was sort of like, uh, you know, no, no I, I never quite figured it out. Yeah. But then, you know, things like EverQuest were, were, were around, EverQuest yeah. 2 and all that sort of stuff, and I was like... These, I mean, RuneScape is a big one, right? Like mm -hmm. the, those yeah, those games where you could play in the browser. There was no barrier to entry. You could just jump in, 
Um, so those probably were, were where my yeah, huge, like the, the, the earliest uh, things came in. Yeah. Kitty? Um, I only had a brief foray into the uh, online hmm. gaming world. Um, that was with World of Warcraft. Uh, someone, someone tried to, to get me into it. They were just like, check it out, you know, there's this whole world. And, and it did look kind of fun, but uh, it just didn't click no. for me. No, that's fair enough. I think mine would have had to have been um, Commander Conquer on PC. Wow. Uh, wow. So it's gone back, gone back some time now. Mm. I think I was doing that before we got the uh, my first PlayStation, I think. But I really enjoyed that back then. So you, that, that's, that is, um, correct if I'm wrong, Mike, but like, um, that's a very competitive place to start. Yes, it was. And I think at one point now, I'm not, I don't think there was that many people playing on that area, but I think at one point I managed to get within like the top thousand rank in rank matches at one point for a very short period of time. That's like, still amazing wow. though. Like, yeah. but, but this was still going back in the days where before before broadband was a thing. So the minute somebody picked up the phone, that was <laughs> it. That's a trial by fire though. Yeah. The, like having having those that. RTS is uh, real-time strategy for that reason has always kind of daunted me. Mm. You know, StarCraft and all that sort of stuff. Mm. Because it's just you. I don't know how to learn when it's just me failing over and over again. Yeah. Whereas, like, if I'm in a team or if I'm sort of, like, watching other players and seeing how they do it, um, uh, then maybe I can sort of, like, start to collect some, some experiences, some second-hand experience and sort of work my way up the ladder. But um, I, think it's, I think it's fascinating how, how you can sort of, like, just jump on a game and go, I'm just going to get better at this. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the kind of fog of war is obscuring my vision of my opponent. I don't know what they're doing, but in a minute there's an army coming and I've got to do something about it. I think it's one of them, because I think it's the same with most online games. It, it's The minute you play, the, the single player is always, always very different from the actual online stuff. You'll get through like your single player campaigns. Yeah, yeah, I can play this. I'm really good. And then the minute you jump into online and you just get owned by somebody, you're yeah. Like, yeah, I'm really <laughs> rubbish. Yeah. You know what I've just realised? I have actually played an online game, but I don't think it's one. It's so it's called Journey. Yes. 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 I and I, I, I watched uh, my 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 partner play it through, and it was just him, sort of you know, doing the journey, uh, checking out this really cool world, and having to collect things and avoid things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It's got a bit of a Legend of Zelda feel to mm. it. Yeah. Um, and then I was oh that's that's really that's really pretty. I, I want to go. And as I sort of uh, appeared in the starting spot, someone else appeared next to me, um, and it was just some online player. Yeah. Um, at the end of the game, you can communicate with them, can no, you? Over you, them through you, you is can, it chirps and cheeks? yes, you, you can sing to each mm. other. Which in the game, and this is so beautiful, you can sing to each other to sort of gain health. So like there was this really tough part where we we're both like climbing this mountain and we were just like singing to each other like through the nice. blizzard and just sort of like you, you can see the little like the health going up and just sort of like oh it was it was a very sort of like desperate scene within the game. Um but yeah that that was really interesting not being able to communicate at all. Mm -hmm. Um but I kind of felt like it, neither of us needed to hang around each other at all. We could have just got done the game however we liked. Um but it just kind of seems like kind of natural to just sort of like, oh, we've got somebody here. We'll, we'll just stick together and, 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 and do this. And, and at the end of the game, uh, it says, you know, oh, and you played with, with, with somebody, I think it was somebody from Japan. Yeah, mm. um, oh, that's cool. I just, that, was, that was a really, a really great experience just for, for gaming and, and, and quite unu unusual in online gaming, I think. And it's completely random, isn't it? And all the people you get paired up with sort of thing. It's not like you can invite somebody in to play the game, is it? Or no, no, no. Um, so, so when my partner played it, it was literally just because like he spawned uh, at, at that sort of starting time on his own. Um, I just happened to, uh, it just simply by chance, someone else just logged into the game mm. at the same time as me and we just started at the same spot mm. and we could see each other. Um, I, I, when, I, when I started playing the game, I had no idea that would happen. Mm. Um, but it was really, I, I really liked the idea of online games um just the idea of lots of people who you don't know just all doing that one thing together mm. those chance encounters yeah, yeah exactly. it's, it's like people that you wouldn't otherwise meet you and you're doing something that's quite, that's kind of fun and you don't have to speak the same language or anything like no, that you exactly. can just you can just game mm. it's really nice yeah, really journey's cool. a very special game to me as well actually yeah. um like 
uh, one of my favorites, I think, of all time because of that exact same experience, except like my experience was just different. And, that, and like you can, you, it's a game that you play over and over again. It's like something that explores like the cycle of, 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 of storytelling and, and um, the fact that you go from being uh, an initiate who doesn't know anything about the world and to, to a tutor. So I, I had this experience where I came across someone and I'd figured out what I was doing in this one area, but they didn't know what they were doing. They were jumping around all over the place. And I was like, no, if you come over here, there's a little flag, you can, you can do this whole thing. And I, I helped him out because I just got a little bit of experience. But then he went off too far away from me. I lost him. I didn't know where he was. I, 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 like, and I sort of felt a little bit like, oh, we could have gone, gone, gone further together. But then someone dressed in these all white robes, sort of like uh, someone experienced with this kind of, this, this very sort of ornamented uh, persona came, uh, came to me. I, I bumped into them and uh, like halfway through this, this, this journey for the first time, and I, they were clearly more knowledgeable than me. They taught me loads of things. They found me loads of little secrets that are hidden behind uh, walls and, and, and kind of really uh, was, was my, my mentor. And then in that exact last scene you were describing, well, one of the, one of the uh, later scenes where um, it's this big, long, um, uh, like slog up a mountain in, mm. this, in this blizzard, um, I, you've got to take cover behind these little, little areas. I, Split yes. off just Slight a little spoilers, but there is like this, 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 this the monster isn't there that's kind of there's the, yeah. the, the big the big blizzard and and, and you you sort of I, I just split off just briefly and I lost touch with <gasps> my, my mentor at the final hurdle and I just that was um, for me this amazing like thing because then the game kind of uh, you, you, I played the game again mm. but this time I knew all the places that the guy had shown me mm. I was the mentor this time you, you know were in the white robes exactly <laughs> you know I'd, I'd gained a little bit of prestige and I'd become that and that for me just says so much about mm. not just life any experience mm -hmm. of learning teaching mm -hmm. it's um, a perfect example of games as art through those the personal interactions that mm. Kitty was talking about like I just think that's uh, fascinating. That's why. That's what got me hooked into uh, online gaming in terms of like the MMO sort of space, mm. um, because the same thing happens just on a more granular level. Mm. Mm. It's, it's 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 yeah. It's such a such a beautiful game that, and I think they, they tell you at the end, don't they? So when you finish it, and it says you've played with this person, and I remember the first time through thinking this is a computer, but then they do like the odd weird thing. You're like, no, it's not a computer. Oh, that's <laughs> really good AI. And then at the end of the game, they say, no, it was this person. They, this is their name. And you're like, oh my god, that's, that's awesome. so magical. Um, I love it. We we started talking about competitive games, and we're so wholesome. <laughs> we started talking about the most cooperative game you can think of. Yeah, it's just really <laughs> helping. I like that. Um, okay, okay. Uh, so, well then, there's actually one more uh, event that I kind of wanted to talk about. that's going on in Sheffield. Uh, and that's actually happening in the same building that we're recording this podcast, which is the Castle House uh, building over with the team at Curious Arts. Uh, huge thanks to Alex and Joe, who are literally sat just next to us, uh, but not actually saying anything because they're helping us with this podcast today. Uh, so this event is happening on the 13th of February, uh, and it is being run by kind of Barclays Eagle Labs, and it is essentially uh, an open day. We're kind of opening the doors to the building for people to come along uh, if they're involved in games or kind of uh, they work in games, they live games, etc. Uh, you can kind of, if you check in the description of this podcast, you can find a link to kind of contact the Barclays people and you can come along and just kind of see what's going on in the building because not just is the National Video Game Museum in here and not just that we have Meltdown and Extra Life just kind of right outside, but there's actually a bunch of things happening like game incubators and yeah. uh, some uh, incubating small tech companies in here as well, which is really, really good and really exciting. So I would recommend coming along to that. Um, I know I am going to be there. Either either are you going to come along to that event? I I think I might as well. It seems yeah. like a, it seems like a shame to pass up the opportunity. To be honest. Yeah. Well, well the, the galleries in the museum will be open, so we can play some games. Amazing. Well. Yes. And, yeah. Uh, staff and uh, business permitting, I'm hoping to be there as well. So. Ace. Well, I think it'd be really cool because uh, if anybody is listening to this podcast and they think I'm from Sheffield and I love games and I know lots about games. Uh, we want to hear from you, I suppose. We, we want to kind of, you know, grow this kind of community, chat with everybody who kind of knows about games, uh, really kind of bring everyone together. I think that's kind of a big part of it. We want to be the people in the white robes 
<laughs> but for everyone in kind of in, in Sheffield uh, and kind of help other people kind of grow and help this Sheffield kind of gaming community grow, it's already pretty massive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, to be honest, yeah. and there's so much going on. Uh, but we just kind of want to, yeah, we want to talk about it and shout about it, I suppose. Yeah, I think it's um, it's join us on this journey uh, <laughs> to um, to to try and make Sheffield feel like uh, like we were saying before. Um, Sheffield is full of very, very talented people working in games, um, both analog and digital, um, and, uh, and games-adjacent fields as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, uh, you know, illustration and all, all, all those kind of, kind of places. I, I really think it's a, a, a shame that it's not more centralised, that there aren't mm. more um, uh, places to meet up and really mm. explore that. Um, because you could find... You, you know, you can find the, the the pool of kind of talent where you're inspired to make uh, your, the next step into into making games and, and that sort of thing. Mm. Um, an event like this, so and even um, if even if you're not in the industry as such, there's you know people out there with so much passion for the video games who want to to know more and just get more involved in it. That there, yeah, it yeah, makes definitely. it easy for them to to come down and get involved as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Ace. So yeah, so like I said, come on down to the event if that sounds like of interest to you. Come and, and, and meet up with us, uh, find us. Um, I'll, I'll be wandering around. I'll be the guy with the, the rainbow lanyard. So if you see someone walking around with a rainbow lanyard, it's probably me. Um, if there are more than one person in a rainbow lanyard, I apologise to that person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wear a rainbow lanyard just, just <laughs> to just spoil that. Around yeah. uh, <laughs> or, or actually, uh, if you want to get in touch with us digitally, you can catch us over on Twitter. We have started a Sheffield Gaming tweet uh, Twitter account just to kind of capture and kind of collate all this info, which is at Sheffield Gaming as well. Our, our, our DMs are open, so please do slide on in i suppose <laughs> um yeah it's okay so uh, i think we're gonna have to wrap it up because i think our time is kind of running out um so before i do i just wanted to ask uh, everyone around the table now uh what is going on with you and where can kind of people find you day to day uh matt um okay you can usually find me at the treehouse board game cafe uh, on boston street um, and uh, we have a ton of stuff going on. Uh, I'm involved in kind of the uh, uh, role-playing section, Treehouse Worlds, that we do. So um, if, you, uh, if you go to uh, treehousesheffield.com, that's where you can find everything that we do. Slash events is, where we, uh, is how you can find what's going on. There's all sorts of um, games, uh, board games, uh, kind of playtesting nights going on. We've got um, uh, kind of... Uh, play uh, like meeting meeting people to, uh, up that you don't know to play mm -hmm. games uh, and as well as the the role-playing stuff that i do that's at uh treehousesheffield.com forward slash role-playing where you can either um if you're interested in getting in, in, into role-playing uh dungeons and dragons or any other kind of system um you can always uh give us a message we can do uh, uh run kind of custom sessions for your uh, friends if you if you it's a first like test uh, taster you've never done it before but you've always wondered whether you want to get into it or um you can uh, you can kind of get involved in one of our seasons where we do kind of six uh, consecutive weeks um, where we sort of uh, uh, run a, a nicely kind of wrought story that we work very very hard on uh, and we'll kind of you can jump in on, on that table and sort of uh, experience that so um, loads of different ways you can get involved in um, uh, we're actually doing now also um, level one um, uh, kind of uh, one shots which is to say that that I think they're on Tuesdays, and we are basically like, if you've never played Dungeons and Dragons before, and you are really hesitant, and you're like, I want something that's completely for new players, um, then you can you can do that. You can go over there, book yourself into one of those, and um, just have the experience that will set you up going forward as a role player. Nice, excellent, awesome, and Mike. So you can find me at Extra Life Gaming Lounge, which is on Commercial Street, just up from Ponds Forge. Uh, we have again. Uh, all sorts going off there. We've, as we've mentioned, we've got the the geeky craft market coming up. We also have regular weekly events. We have our, our Throwback Tuesdays, which is a retro video game uh, competition where we run for five weeks on a retro game. Whoever has the highest score at the end of the five weeks on that game wins a free meal for two, and they get their face on our ever-growing wall of fame. Uh, we also do the Saturday morning cartoons, as mentioned, and a. D&D Thursdays, which we do in the evenings, which is a, a very casual, 
kind of just fun night of D and D. We have uh, we have ongoing campaigns as well as one shots, things like that. But they're for anyone of all experience, free to enter. So and we also have at the end of the month a Super Smash Bros competition coming up as well, um, which should be good fun <laughs> for those of you who are interested in that. Um, we are open. <laughs> we are open every day other than Monday because that my need for sleep at some point mm-hmm. um but other than that yeah so you can find all the information on extra life gaming lounge at on facebook uh at extra life gaming lounge sheffield has everything that we're doing on there and all upcoming events including like i mentioned the uh, geeky craft market which kid is organizing mm. so yeah so check that out for all upcoming events and information we'd love to see you down there nice and then yeah, so Kitty, what is it kind of? What are you? What are you up to? Oh, we know what kind of what you're up to. We spoke about it a little bit, but yeah, uh, yeah. So um, at the moment, uh, it'll be the Geeky Craft Market. Yeah. Um, there is a Facebook event page. Um, you can um, so that is on my Pixel Art page. So if you go on Facebook and search for Sheffield Culture Vulture and click on events, the Geeky Craft Market will be there. Um, there's still space for storeholders. If anybody's thinking, I make geeky things. How do I uh, get involved? Um, it's all on the event page. Um, or you can just message me on the Sheffield Culture Vulture page as well. Uh, yeah. That's, yeah. That's that. Ace and, and just like Kitty, you can find us both at the National Video Game Museum, which is open obviously on Fridays, uh, Saturdays and Sundays. There's lots going on there. Um, I might talk about that in a, in a future podcast. But uh, but yes, so uh, you can also find me uh, personally uh, over on Twitter as well uh, under Chrono Cleon. And all this stuff will be in the description of this podcast. So have a quick peek down there as well. So um, thank you all so much for listening and we'll be back soon. See you later. Hey. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Sheffield Gaming Podcast. If you want to get involved, check us out on Twitter over at Sheffield Gaming. This podcast was recorded at the Curious Arts Podcast Studio in the Castle House building. Intro and outro music was provided by the ultra-talented Harley Likes Music. Find more of Harley's tracks over at harleylikesmusic.com. I've been Connor Clark from the National Video Game Museum. See you soon. <laughs>